You're listening to Japanese Baptist Church in Seattle, Washington. It's just a delight to be here. Um, always a delight to be at JBC, especially these days, though, when we're just beginning to be able to see each other in person. And I know that we're looking forward to be able to see each other in person and see our whole faces. Um, we'll get there one day. It's, it's not going to be impossible. We, it will happen. Um, but it's just a delight to be here, always is. Um, Japanese Baptist Church is one of my favorite places, and I didn't take time this morning, even though I got here a little early, to step into the legacy room, but I will do so before I leave. What a beautiful project that is. What, what a good way to remind yourselves of, of what it's meant to have this church in this place, in this city, um, in this day and age. Um, I, I chuckle every time somebody says JBC because, you know, you very rarely say Japanese Baptist Church. And many people um, or a few people have talked to me uh, concerned about the name of this church. And um, I want you to know what I've said to them. I said it doesn't matter what the name of the church is. It matters what you do. And I think the legacy room underlies that. Um, it doesn't matter what the name of the church is. You continue, even outside, it says in biggest letters, JBC. People don't know what that stands for. They can make all kinds of names up for it. Maybe when they get inside, they'll understand what it stands for. But what you do outside these walls will really make the difference of them understanding what happens inside these walls. Um, having said that, I'm so glad to be here and want to acknowledge that you may notice somebody in your midst that you've not seen before, and it's my friend Nora Percival. We've we spent the um, COVID time uh, writing a book together. It's due out in November. It's called um, Sacred Decisions, Consensus and Faith Communities. Um, it's from Judson Press. Look for it then. Uh, our premise is saying that we really believe that faith communities should do their work by consensus rather than majority rule. And we make our case for it and give, give very practical steps of how to do it because a lot of folks just don't want to try it because they've never done things that way before and are kind of afraid to take the first step. We offer steps for you. So um, having said all of that, uh, I also want to thank Peter for a, a good reading of, of the scripture and for um, everybody in um, rather here or virtually having led us in worship. It helps to preach when the stage is set well. Um, will you join me in a word of prayer? Gracious God, holy God, almighty God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight. May they give proclamation to you as Lord 
and Savior and strengthen us in our places of need. In thy name we pray. Amen. I was happy to finally say to Sam, yes, I can. Um, every time he's asked me before, he's right. There's been something. I've been out of town, or mostly that, for one reason or another. And I've had to say no. And um, that was always a disappointment. You know, I don't preach a whole lot. And part of my disappointment was, he won't ask again. Um, should have known better on that. Um, but I truly am um, delighted to be here until I realized it was the 4th of July. And I thought, okay, the bottom line is the 4th of July is not a religious holiday. And the 4th of July is a holiday just was not around when the scriptures were written. In case you didn't know that, let me remind you that the scriptures have been around for somewhere around 2,000 years or so um, in one form or another, um, even much longer than that, some of them. Um, but even in written form, we're still talking a whole lot longer than the United States has existed. And although it is appropriate to acknowledge holidays and to pray for our nation and to be aware of the nation, this sermon is not going to be about the United States. Um, it can be applied in your own heart and mind, perhaps, to your experience here in the US. But it, I think we need to be careful to make sure that we do not preach in such a way as to make, uh, make us believe that being Christian and being a citizen of the United States is one and the same thing. It is not. And that's known as Christian nationalism. And it's something I don't preach. So I'm not going to take the opportunity to do so. It may even feel like the opposite of that. The scripture this morning reminds us of the first commandment. The first commandment that we love God. And when Jesus was asked um, by people who knew already what is the greatest commandment um, just to test him. In Matthew chapter 22, he replies to them. This is verse 37. If you're one of those who have your Bible with you and, or want to make note, he said, he said to them after they asked, which commandment in the law is the greatest? And again, these were Pharisees that asked him. They already knew the answer. Jesus said, you shall love the Lord your God with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the greatest and the first commandment. 
He goes on to say, and the second is like it. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. Would be that we could just learn to love God. And you say, well, I do that. Say to myself, I do that. But things get in the way. On a day like today, it is easy to put nation above God. Some days, it's easier to put other things above God. Maybe our house. Maybe our family. And I'm not saying we ought not to love our country or our family. But if we love God first, loving our family may be easier or much more natural or much fuller than it is if we put them first and think of God later or our nation. Again, on today, and I must admit this to you too, this holiday, I sort of have a love-hate relationship with, mostly because it's celebrated by fireworks. And ever since there was a firecracker thrown into a small cement room that I was in, it was a bathroom at the time, in Nicaragua, and I didn't see the firecracker coming because it was put in through this little crack in the window way up high. And it was just pushed in by some lovely teenager. I don't like, I don't like fireworks. And, and I know for a lot of people and a lot of animals, fireworks are very disturbing. I do admit I like the colorful fireworks when I can, you know, go to a show and I've seen it happen. But in 1987, the 200th anniversary of the passing of the Constitution, I was on the the Tacoma, excuse me, the Philadelphia Art Museum steps. I almost brought a picture of them for you. Um, if you ever watch the movie Rocky, you may be familiar with those steps. When he goes out for his run, he runs down the Benjamin Franklin Parkway, a beautiful street in Philadelphia, and he eventually runs up these steps. And there's a lot of these steps. And all the way up the steps to the top, and then he does the, you know, the thing of he's up there. Well, in 1987, I sat on those steps with a few friends, and we watched the steps fill with people, and the whole of the Benjamin Franklin Parkway fill with people. There was people just coming for a while, and then finally they filled in some spaces, and there was just people, and then you could see the movements, and then there was just people. And then 
We had a concert, a free concert by Gladys Knight and the Pips, 1987. And then we had an hour-long fireworks show. There would be 10 minutes of fireworks from China and 10 minutes of fireworks from France and 10 minutes of fireworks from Japan and 10 minutes of fireworks from Germany and 10 minutes and, until you finally got to the sixth 10 minutes of fireworks from the USA and the grand finale. All of this, I was, had a front row seat too because we'd gotten there early in the afternoon and sat on those steps all afternoon into the evening and watched this wonderful show. And I thought to myself, I never need to see another fireworks show again in my life because I'll never again see something like this. It's been true, I've seen other fireworks shows. Nothing that's lasted an hour long. And then we had to leave because the fireworks show was over, right? And so did that, I don't know, two million other people or at least a million other people that we'd watched come all afternoon. For the first half hour, we went nowhere. I, we maybe stood up and shuffled, you know, went up or down steps to get to where we could go. I was parked a mile away from where I was sitting, and I lived just four miles away from where we were sitting as the crow flies. I don't think you could actually just drive straight there. was a river in between. Um, it took two hours to get home. I think it took an hour just to get to the car. Um, not because I could walk so slowly in that time, but I could only walk so fast because there were people in the way. Would that we would celebrate God in that kind of way. Really, I mean, these days you wouldn't want to gather with a million people just it was close, and certainly close as we were walking away. Um, wouldn't be safe these days, but let's remember the days it was safe to do so, to be that close to one another. We'll be there again one of these days. But have we celebrated God that way? With an hour of celebration? Rather it be song or music or fireworks. To celebrate God's blessing. Because God blesses each and every one of us. This nation has failed some people. It certainly failed the Japanese people during World War II continues to fail some people, even today, in bringing real justice, bringing real opportunity and equality. But God does not fail. 
God is always there and loving us, loving you, no matter what. And all God asks us is to love in return. To love, and the second commandment, to love others as ourselves. If we celebrate God, we do that. We celebrate by loving others, treating others, offering others the love and the justice and the mercy that God has shown us. Simple. So simple we too often forget it. So what better day than the 4th of July to remind ourselves of this first commandment and the second commandment like it. And in fact, in Ephesians, we are reminded that if we just do this, um, if we just do this, Ephesians 4.21, um, nope, not 4.3. Um, For to him who by the power for Ephesians 3, 21, beginning with verse 20. For to him who by the power of work within us is able to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine. To him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever. Another way of putting this first commandment, but also saying, what is the result of it? Now to him who by the power of the work within us to accomplish abundantly far more than all we can ask or imagine, to him be glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations. God has the power to work within us to accomplish more than we can even imagine. We put limits on God. God loves us. And because we do not lean into that love, we sometimes miss these opportunities to do far more than we can even imagine. It begins by loving God. Not putting something else first, but putting God first. Always God first. Now there are those who will say, because God is first, you must do X, Y, Z. When I say put God first, we must remember that God is love and that God loves us and that putting God first does not allow us to put down others, certainly doesn't allow us to put down family, certainly doesn't allow us to bring injustice to another, Putting God first 
is acknowledging God's love for us, acknowledging God's love for us, and giving God's love to others. To others as much as ourselves. It's simple, oftentimes not easy, but simple. So on this day, when we celebrate this country, a way that God blesses us. But just like in this country where we have the freedom to always put God first, we have a responsibility to make sure that the freedom exists for others, especially people who look like me are always too quick, in my opinion, to shout our freedoms from the rooftop without checking to make sure that those freedoms are available to others. It is the task of everyone, but certainly by people who look like me, white folks, to make sure that the freedom and the justice exists for all people. It's possible by us and even by you, whether you look like me or not, to do because God loves you. That is no small thing and no small thing to remember or do. Remember, Jesus too affirms this first commandment and builds on it and then dies for us so that we know that God's love for us is real. How do you know? The old song says, Jesus loves me because the Bible tells me so. But you should know because you know that God is in your heart. And you can see God at work in your life. And you know you've done things on occasion because God has given you the power to know work of your own. This church is here. Lots of people did things. Evergreen exists. Lots of people did things. But really, because we sought to put God first. We might all have done things in our own way, but it was by listening to God and putting God first that we've had opportunity to do things much more than we could ever imagine. I thank Pastor Sam for giving me so much credit for Evergreen, but Evergreen wouldn't have happened without Japanese Baptist Church, without Mount Zion Baptist Church, without Seattle First Baptist Church, and 20 or so others that helped us at the beginning to say, yes, we'll do this. 
And that's God at work, not just one person. It would not have been done without that group of people, including this church, putting God first. Because then, far more than we could imagine can take place. May this be a week for you that you realize that God loves you so much that you too, sometimes with the help of others, can do far more than you imagine. God bless you.